Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson. From the book of Genesis, the chapter is 21. The verses are 1 through 21. And the title of the lesson, The Promise Realized. From the New King James Version, the text reads, And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight, because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will, make, I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman, because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took a wife from the land of Egypt. Blessed be those who hear and follow 
God's holy and divine word. <clears throat> yes, God had not forgotten the promise he made to the patriarch. Through the years, God remembered that a child was to be born to Abraham and Sarah. Their son would be heir to God's promise. When they grew older, both Sarah and Abraham doubted the promise. But at long last, it was fulfilled. God repeated the promise several times. Genesis 12, 3 and 7. Genesis 13, verses 14 through 17. And 15, verse 1. And verse 13. Chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. In time, God showed himself to be the faithful one. He did not perform on the time frame Abraham and Sarah expected, but at God's bidding, a child, the son of promise, was to be theirs. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, Genesis 17 and 16. He visited in a way of mercy and kindness by fulfilling his promise, giving strength to conceive and bear a child. When Isaac was born, Sarah remembered the day when she had overheard the three strangers talking with her husband. She had laughed at the idea she would bear a child. Note Genesis 18 and 12. But the promise had been realized. Hope was deferred no longer. Notice Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. The child was named Isaac, according to divine command, which means laughter. As the Lord had given the command, Abraham circumcised his son on the eighth day, according to Genesis 17 and 12, Scripture adds that the patriarch was 100 years old when Isaac was born. For her part, Sarah could not stop rejoicing. Not only had Yahweh made her laugh, made her laugh, he had multiplied the laughter, the joy of all who hear. Chapter 21 and verse 7. The laughter of doubt had become the laughter of joy and wonder at the power of the Lord. God was acknowledged in the name of Isaac, which was meant to be a memorial. Notice Genesis 17, verse 19b. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Isaac was designated as the promise, demonstrated of omnipotent grace, working against and above the forces of nature. Verse 8. So the child grew. Notice Luke 2 and verse 40, referencing Jesus Christ. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. The birth of Isaac was an occasion of great rejoicing. 
but it presented a problem. The oldest son of Abraham was Ishmael. He was 14 years old. Note Genesis 17, verses 24 through 25, and Genesis 21, verse 5. He was, Ishmael was, 14 when Isaac was born. When Isaac was weaned, a great celebration took place among the people of Abraham, but it was a time when Sarah remembered her son was not Abraham's oldest. As we recall from previous lesson, some years before she had suggested her maidservant, Hagar, bear a child to Abraham. In theory, Ishmael belonged to her. But when Sarah had a child of her own, theory did not count for much. Perhaps now that Sarah had her own child, she may have read into Hagar's eyes taunts which her maidservant had no intent to make. Sarah recognized the son, Ishmael, laughed but not in joy. She thought he laughed in derision. Notice verse 9 in our text for the day. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar scoffing or mocking. Paul was later to write, but as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Galatians 4 and 21. Sarah did what she had done earlier. She went to Abraham with a complaint. Uh, recall Genesis 16 and verse 6. The handmaiden and her son had to go. Ishmael was not to share in the inheritance of Abraham with Isaac. When Abraham heard from Sarah, he wanted to accommodate her, but at the same time, he had a deep attachment to Ishmael. God showed Abraham that Isaac must be the father of the promised seed. Therefore, he must send Ishmael away lest he threaten the family through his disbelief or try to take the rights of Isaac. Only by God's direct intervention were the doubt and uncertainty of Abraham removed. God knew what he was going to do. He knew the seed of Abraham was to inherit his promises in the offspring of Isaac. To the patriarch, God gave assurance. Note verse 12. Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Hagar and Ishmael were to be driven from the clan of Abraham, but God would not forget the lad. Earlier, God promised Hagar, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they will be accounted a multitude. Recall Genesis 16 and verse 10. When Ishmael was an adolescent, God further promised Abraham, yet I will 
also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed, as we read in today's lesson in verse 13. Also, notice verse 14. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When previously, in Genesis 16, uh, Sarah had treated her harshly, Hagar had named a well after the God who had saved her. The earlier well was to be called Berlahi Roy, the well of the one who lives and sees me. The wandering of Hagar also gave a name to Beersheba, the well or the oath. Hagar understood what Sarah and Abraham understood when they sent the maidservant and her son away. Genesis 16 and 1. Their survival in the desert was questionable at best. In Genesis 12, when Hagar saw, in, in Genesis, uh, when Hagar saw they could go no farther, let's see, we're looking here at uh, Genesis 21. She put Ishmael under a bush for shade, went some distance so she could watch. We're looking at verses 15 through 17, chapter 21, today's lesson. Uh, she put Ishmael un, under a bush for shade, went some distance so she would not have to watch him die and sat down to weep. Then God revealed himself. The angel told Hagar she was not to fear. God was watching over her son. He would cause a great nation to descend from the offspring of Hagar and Abraham. God caused a spring of water to gush from the ground. Hagar saw it and gave a drink to her son. According to God's design, Ishmael survived and became an archer. He grew and became uh, multiplied. He was multiplied through his offsprings into a tribe of archers called Paran. Genesis 14 and 6. Uh, we note that Paran lay south of Palestine, uh, therefore on the way to Egypt. Hagar was Egyptian. It is hardly surprising that she took an Egyptian wife for her son. Uh, concerning the outward or natural things, God caused him to prosper. In time, the Ishmaelites became a great nation. God's design for Abraham and Sarah was that they put their faith in him. It is his design for us. Let us make the spiritual commitment that places us in the bold company of the faithful through his grace. For many years they had expected a son, but the son had not come. Genesis 15 and 6 is a testimony all of us must heed. The patriarch believed God and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Hagar had anxious moments, but God provided for her and her son. 
God accomplished his purpose, a purpose that extended and was foreshadowed in Genesis 21. This being the blessings of the new covenant with the coming Jesus with the coming of Jesus Christ. Both Hagar's faith and the sojourn of Hagar fit into his design. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Originally, the name Isaac was meant as something of a rebuke of the laughter of Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 17, 17 and 19. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And Sarah, and shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you, verse 19. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Again, chapter 18, verse 12 through 15. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Verse 15. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. But God turned a gentle rebuke into an occasion for joy. The birth of Isaac reminds us of God's willingness to keep his promises. Isaac became a wonderful type or foreshadowing of the Messiah to come. God made the promise to Abraham 25 years before it was fulfilled. Although Abraham believed God, he attempted to expedite the process rather than wait patiently. We would do well to remember God not only knows what we need, but also knows when we need it. Making this point, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 40 and verse 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God's willingness to provide for Hagar and Ishmael illustrates his concern for all humanity. His promise to Abraham would be fulfilled through Isaac. Nevertheless, this did not render Ishmael insignificant. God continues to be concerned with all humanity today. As Paul reminded Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4, God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Let us pray. Father God, we 
humble ourselves before your holy and divine presence. We thank you. We thank you for your most gracious and blessed assurance of salvation in Jesus Christ. Thank you for being our God who sits high and, and looks low. Our God who is more than able to create the universe, make mankind in his image, and determine the course of history through his will. We thank you for the Church of Christ where men, women, boys, and girls may work out their soul salvation with fear and trembling. We come with petitions on our heart for those who are near and those far off. We come for those suffering the pain of disease, addiction, grief, loneliness, chaos, confusion, poverty, discrimination. We come for those not yet in the ark of your safety. We pray all will come to know Jesus Christ before it is eternally too late. We ask for forgiveness, for we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory. Thank you for being our God, a God of second chances, through your blessed mercy as we repent and endeavor to overcome the sin that besets us. Continue to walk with us embolden us, infuse us with the courage needed to overcome the corruption of the world. Thank you for your continued blessings and the magnificent grace of your truth. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, we offer up this prayer. Amen. That's what I have for you, saints. I pray there was something to edify and lift up. I encourage you to prepare for the next lesson entitled Abraham's Great Test. Genesis 22, the verses are 1 through 14. Again, the next lesson, Abraham's Great Test, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Bye for now.